On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Frank Henenlotter's 1990 horror comedy masterpiece, Frankenhooker. Joining us for the discussion will be Bianca Elaine, star and producer of Zominatrix. Back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade for our 26th and most bestiest episode yet. I'm Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster with a Z tattooed on his arm, Cullen! This is the finest Mark of Zorro movie ever made. Cult Cinema Cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast that finds Cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past, considered, but not limited, to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language, you twat. This episode features the discussion of Frank Henenlotter's 1990 film, Frankenhooker. Cullen, take us on a date and tell us about it. A medical student sets out to recreate his decapitated fiance by building her a new body made of Manhattan street prostitutes. Frankenhooker is written and directed by Frank Henenlotter and stars Patty Mullen, James Lorenz, Carissa Channing, and Joseph Gonzalez. We'll get on more to that in a second, but first, thank you for listening again, or for the first time, please check us out on Facebook and Twitter. What's our our handle on Twitter, Cullen? CC Cavalcade. And what are you supposed to do to us on Facebook? Uh, You should uh, like us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And we have a website. It's uh, cultcinemacavalcade.com. Yeah. So we have an email, and it's really simple. You just put mail... At cultcinemacavalcade.com. Yep. Don't forget, you can also listen to us on iTunes, where we're trying, but right now you can only leave us a five-star review. We've we've sent to them a request if we can do six. We know some of you want to give us six. Just go ahead. You can uh, review us twice. Get two separate accounts and review us twice because you like it that much. It's fine. We won't tell them. We'll just celebrate how much you love us. Don't forget, stay tuned to the end of this episode. Listen to the whole damn thing. Don't skip. Promise you, don't skip. To hear what film one lucky listener picked for our one-year anniversary episode. It'll blow your damn minds. I I know that uh, people say uh, blow your mind on the internet every hour, but this is the exception. It actually will blow your mind. Without further ado, let us welcome to the show someone I'm very excited to have, Bianca Elaine, star and producer of the upcoming film Zombie Natrix. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. Thanks for coming on. So I found you through Watch These Films. Became a right, fan of that yeah. because I I did a review for Why So Blue on a movie called Killer Workout, also known as Aerobicide. Right. <laughs> and after you know I watched that movie, I was like, I want to know what other people think about this. Right, and and right. when I was searching, yours was one of the first that came up. Yes. Woo-hoo. And that vi- <laughs> that video is pretty awesome. I, cool. I I thought I liked the the you really I mean di- did you shoot that on VHS at all or is that just some good post production right there? Great post production. My husband Michael Kine actually he and I together wrote, directed, and did everything for that little promo clip, and it was a lot of fun. Actually, we had the pleasure of watching Aerobicide on the big screen <laughs> at the Alamo Draft House in Winchester, Virginia, and it was it was a really fun night, and it inspired us to do a review for Watch These Films and. Like you, I wanted. I, I love the movie because it's so crazy and over the top and cheesy and uh, such 80s goodness that I wanted to uh, kind of inspire and share that with other people too. <laughs> Have you seen uh, his other, the guy who made his other film, Deadly Prey? 
No, but now I need to. It's <laughs> yes. It's like first blood, most deadly game, but you know, in that cheesy aerobic side. It's it's a bit mean spirited, but it's ridiculously entertaining. I just love the so bad it's good movies. Like they're my favorite. Well, in Deadly Prey, I, I believe it's the a hero that wears the least amount of clothing in possibly <laughs> any movie ever. Yeah. Well. They're almost like loincloth jean shorts. That's well, now right. I have I have to go sign me up. I yeah. have to go. It's the it's the blo- blonde <laughs> muscular guy from Aerobicide. He's the director's oh, cool. brother. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. If he was if he was wearing a sock, it would be a lateral move wow. clothing wise. Wow. Okay. So. That's funny. I'll have to check that out. Yes. Um, yeah, I found all your other videos, including the Frankenhooker one, which... Yeah, uh, that one was a lot of fun, and, and uh, I love that movie, and it, it's cool because, you know, you mentioned Zombinatrix earlier, and... Yes, so, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we reached out to Tabby Mullen, and just, to, you know, out of curiosity to see, you know, if she might be interested, and she's she wants to be, you know, she's signed on to Zombinatrix, and... She's making her return to uh, the silver screen in our film, and we're really excited, and it's going to be great. Can't wait to work with her. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, tell us about Zombie Matrix. It's also written and directed by my husband and I, Michael Kine. If you've watched Watchy's films, we love that kind of crazy, over-the-top, 80s, colorful, (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it, kind of cheesy but not really type of film. I wanted a starring role of my own and I wasn't really getting the kind of offers that I wanted. So I was like, hey, let's let's create a character, you know, kind of in the vein of sort of like Elvira. I, do, I don't, there's only one Elvira, so I'm not going to steal Cassandra's thunder. Yeah, something fun that people would want to see that incorporated heavy metal music, <laughs> zombies, uh, S&M, and just colorful, crazy, over-the-top special effects and things like that. And that's what we're working on. That's what we're making. It's going to be really cool. It's going to have things like claymation sequences. And oh, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. it's just, I mean, I can't even get into everything that's going to be in it. I mean, we've got such positive feedback so far from people. I mean, we have almost 12,000 people that already are interested in the movie on Facebook. And we're in pre-production and principal photography. Patty Mullen scene specifically will start in September. It's off to a great kick-ass start. Heck yeah, I uh, we'll we'll have links to where you can help back the film if you want, and to the social media for it as well on our episode page. And um, if you're looking for more, yeah, I made a post on White So Blue today about your shirt. Yes, those are exclusive t-shirts. We're only printing 150 of them. We've sold about 20 so far. And they are only for a limited time until I think August 22nd that we're selling these t-shirts. They're $25 plus shipping and handling. It all goes to get the movie made and you get the cool limited edition t-shirt designed by Pizza Party Printing, which is a famous printing company here in Baltimore. It's really cool. You'll have a really interesting limited edition thing before the movie's even out and once the movie's huge and popular people will be like where'd you get the shirt and you can say oh (laughs) there are only 150 of these in the world so you can't get that anymore (laughs) excellent excellent yeah i'm looking forward to it It sounds very much like you know in the vein of the film we're watching today and uh pen and ladder stuff early peter jackson stuff like that so very excited Definitely. And uh, yeah, John Waters is a big influence. And I don't know, like I said, it's it's a comedy, but it's very, it's surreal and it's also quirky. So if you like these kind of films, I think we're trying to bring that back to the screen. But, you know, with high production value and great actors and cool special effects, it's going to be really different. It's going to be something that hopefully everyone can enjoy. Well, we are excited. As long as the music is as good or better than Hard Rock Zombies. That's, It'll uh, never be that good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping to uh, get some really great bands lined up for for the soundtrack. I mean, people are already offering to be on it. We're not we're not at that point yet, but I would love to have anything that had a great kind of classic 80s metal sound to it. I think that'd be fun. But not oh Cassie or whatever that one song. <laughs> <laughs> was so creepy. Cassie was my jam. <laughs> yeah, Cassie. Maybe those guys aren't doing anything. Maybe they'll write the whole soundtrack. <laughs> the day after we watched the movie, Brandon found the soundtrack. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Speaking of something that's a little, a little more narratively sound, we'll uh, let's get into <laughs> yes. get into Frankenhooker. Yay! Have you found your perfect woman yet? Oh yes, God yes, yes, take me yes. So this is uh, of course uh, from Frank Hennenlotter, who I'm having quite the week with because I, on top of this, I also have a couple basket case sequels I need to review. Oh, nice. Have, have, 
Have you seen my favorite? Actually, Hannah Lauder film is besides Frankenhooker is uh, Brain Damage. Brain Damage. That's the one I haven't seen, and it's like I've been meaning to get to it for so many years, and I just. Okay. To be honest with you, to me, that's my favorite one. Actually, I think that's probably, in my opinion, his most solid movie. But people really love Basket Case, and people really love Frankenhookers. Well, I think he did like Basket Case too, either like directly before or directly after Frankenhooker. Yeah, they're the yeah, same year. Yeah. yeah. There's a drastic jump in special effects between the right. first and second yeah. one. I'm sure, yeah. I know a few of the guys that did special effects on, on Frankenhooker. I should ask them if they did stuff on the others, too. And Hennenlein is a guy that shows up in a lot of these uh, documentaries nowadays about, like, you know, 42nd Street movies, B-movies, yeah. VHS. And I love. he's a guy I like hearing just jibber-jabber and talk about. Right. About he these... actually, I think he had something. If he didn't found it, he has something to do with something weird video. Like, I think he either owns a lot of the, the stock or he, I don't know. I feel like he found it, helped found that company. Yeah, I think he was putting out the Blu-ray for Basket Case, and he wasn't mm-hmm. liking what he was being offered or what people were doing okay. with it. And he just said, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> Sounds like him. Yeah, I've heard some crazy things about that guy. <laughs> I think his birthday is like the same day as mine or really close. So oh. maybe that's why he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that late August up. birthday. There you go. Now, now this one, the Frankenhooker, I is always stuck with me since like childhood, even, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in the you eighties know, and nineties mm-hmm. with VHS rentals, that movie stuck out in the horror section at the mom pop video stores like no other yeah. because a it was called frankenhooker yeah. and b it had the push button yes that's it want a date on yes, there that's the best like that great genius marketing there want a date yeah and yeah. i always wanted i always when i was a kid i always wanted to rent it but i was like how like at the time i wasn't old enough how hey right? first hey hey dad uh or mom <laughs> i want to rent frankenhooker and b take it up to the counter and rent frankenhooker so it wasn't until like college I finally saw oh, Frankenhooker oh, yeah. because I just was like, oh my gosh, the witchcraft series. That was an easy one to get by. Yeah, <laughs> see, you, you could sneak it by your parents. If, it's you witches! Know. The first movie I actually tried to rent by myself that was rated R was The Lost Boys. And I brought it up to the, <laughs> I, it was at Blockbuster in my hometown of Garland, Texas. And I tried to bring it up to the counter and I'm like, I want to rent this. And they they looked at me and they're like, you're not old enough to rent this. So I was like, okay. So I went out and the, my mom was waiting for me in the car. It's like, mom, they won't let me rent it. Can you come in and do it? And she, she came in and she looked at the movie and she looked at the back and it had them as, you know, vampires or whatever. And she looked at me and she's like, are you sure you want to rent this? It's not too scary. And I was like, yeah. It's got the Corys. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I knew the Corys. <laughs> that was probably one of the first introductions to the Corys I had, I think. Keeper was team, so much as hotter. A team. I mean, I saw, uh, you know, Corey Feldman in uh, Stand By Me, probably, or whichever one it was. But yeah, as a team, that was a the Corys intro. Cullen, when did you first? Oh, you you were recent with Frankenhooker. Yeah, you... Frankenhooker, I think I saw it maybe two years ago. I think it was the first time. I just decided. Uh, I'm overdue. I've known about this movie for years. It was just like I put my foot down with myself. Like, damn it, you need to achieve this point in your life where you've seen Frankenhooker. Right. So, so I, I think I rented it from Netflix or something, and I yeah. finally watched it. And I was angry with myself for not having seen it sooner because it is. I didn't know what to expect, but hot damn, it knocked that out of the park. Recently, Patty told me that it recently was reissued or redistributed by a company, and they're the ones who have just recently gotten it out there again and it's on showtime right now it's playing heavily i think on showtime and and some other things so, so that yeah. seems like the right forum for frankenhooker it's like well, of any I, of the pay channels it seems like that's where it should be yeah they like b horror movies because they buy albino farm too when i when i was in that all the showtime channels and all of their subsequent I think some of the, the cinemax other, i think yeah they? i think cinemax okay. is connected to it and all of them they they were playing albino farm like crazy so it was it was pretty cool i was really excited i was like i'm on showtime <laughs> <laughs> well the blu-ray is synapse films and they do yeah remarkable restoration work like i mean frankenhooker looks amazing on blu-ray and i think uh, in the uk arrow video who's top dog over there and they've they've come to america recently they did they put one out too and Cool. Good I stuff. haven't seen it on Blu-ray. I need to get to it. Oh, yeah. And the Sign of Someone has a, an interview with Patty that's really good on there. As well. Yeah, I've, I've seen that on YouTube. She's so cute. Is it the one where she's kind of like in the in the dark a little bit? Yeah. And, yeah. And she talks about how she like has like called Frank Hennenlotter, like, make another movie. 
I know. She's told me that. She's like, I've tried. I've been trying. She has. She's. I don't know how much I can say about Frank Kinnelotter, but I don't know. He's just not really. These days, I don't think he's into. I guess into making movies or anything anymore. I've heard some interesting things about him. Yeah, he's a, so. just a documentary talking head, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I wish he. W- he's really talented. I wish he would do it again, but I don't know. He's got some stuff going on in his life. I guess he just doesn't want to do it anymore. I don't know. More probably, at least he gave us these. That's yeah, that's helped. Yeah. So we'll get into Frankenhooker. The movie opens with Jeffrey Franken, <laughs> dun, dun, yeah, who's uh, working on a brain with an eyeball. It's this intense experiment where you know it's he's communicating with it. It's not just a brain with an eyeball. It's a brain with an eyeball embedded in it. <laughs> right. Yes, eyeball embedded in it. it. It's supposed to be a tribute to uh, the brain that wouldn't die. But it looks like something out of, you know, like Pee Wee's Playhouse, like 1980s wild art, you know? Now that makes me happier. (laughs) (laughs) And then then all of a sudden he's asked by a woman if he can pass the ketchup. And we see he's in a kitchen during this, like, (laughs) cookout. It's great. Well, yeah, this woman, like, she, like, walks up to it. I think it's his fiance's mother, I think. And, you know, she says, oh, what's this? The the correct reaction is, ah, ah, kill it. (laughs) Instead, it's just like, well, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday in New Jersey, so we're used to things here. That's only the third scariest thing I've seen in the Garden State today. Exactly. Jeffrey is played by James Lorenz. He he reminds me, you feel like you get a cross between like uh, Michael Moriarty and Andrew McCarthy. Yeah, with this I guy. always think Andrew McCarthy when I see. Cause I'm it's like, like, he looks just like he could be brothers with Andrew McCarthy yeah, or something. It's like, well, yeah. he's got like, and his voice is so odd. Like, not, it, it's very, very. That's where I get the Michael thing. Moriarty part. Have you? Uh, he's a he's a guy who's in a lot of Larry Cohen's films, like Cue the Winged Serpent and the okay. It's Alive and the um the sequel, the, the Salem's Lot sequel, which I nice. recommend. One of those three movies I just talked about, but um, he's a very hard <laughs> talk like that too. Right. But yeah, it's, it reminds me. Yeah, both of them definitely. He's kind of like a hard talker, but it's like a shy hard talker. Yeah, it's very unusual. It's like, get... like, what, what, like when they're outside uh, at, the, at the cookout. I remember he just is like, ah, this isn't about me. Like, ah, this is this is your day. It's not me. It's just really me. weird. <laughs> yeah. Get get that kid who keeps going out for Andrew McCarthy roles. We'll take him. <laughs> Yeah, the, one, the one with the Dana Carvey haircut. Get him in here. Oh, yeah. He does have the Dana right. Carvey. It's a little Dana Carve- Carvey-ish, too, when I think yeah. from World mm-hmm. Gar- The facial expressions, kind of, yeah. <laughs> He's got a clean slate. <laughs> this is a, a barbecue for Jeffrey's fiance Elizabeth's father, his soon-to-be father-in-law. Uh, we meet Elizabeth, who is Patty Mullen. I guess they're trying to tell us she's fat. Right, I know, right? Isn't that the most ridiculous thing ever? <laughs> she's, like, yeah. By eating even pretzels? Padding, she, she's like so tiny even with all the quote-unquote fat padding they have. It just looks like she's in some like 80s outfit that just isn't yeah. working. I it mean, doesn't look fat. It just looks like, oh, it's 80s. The 80s has got shoulder pads and all kinds of pads everywhere because yeah. it's the 80s. I didn't realize it was a fat suit until I watched the special features for right. this I movie. Mean, I just thought it was yeah. like this bulky clothes. yeah. And she's, and then we get, you know, it's like lay off the, lay off the pretzels. And it's like, okay, I, I, I guess. So, I mean, she doesn't even look stocky. No, <laughs> I know because no. she's tall and slender naturally. So they're like, what are we gonna do? Oh well, this fat suit will convince everyone that she's. <laughs> even though she has her skinny face still. I know. <laughs> she gains the weight in the rest of her body, but not her face. Nowhere, not in her hands or arms or anything. It's just. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> well, since. since Right there and circular in the middle. Since the, <laughs> since the movie knows we might have trouble getting that, they have her discuss with her friend her attempts at weight loss. Right. And then give background how weird Jeffrey is with his experiments and how her parents don't really care for him. Well, I mean, he sta- didn't she mention stapling her stomach? Yeah, he stapled her stomach. That was one of her like weight loss tips. He's like, you let him staple your stomach? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And he was kicked out of all of these medical schools. Yes. Yeah, like, it's like, what, what, two or three different medical two or schools? Three, yeah. yeah. I love it, though. Like, I love the thick New Jersey accents when those two oh, are yeah. talking. That seems great. Oh, yeah. It is, it is dripping <laughs> Jersey in this scene. 
It just needed like Joe Piscopo to walk around in the background. <laughs> so Elizabeth unveils a birthday present for her father. It's a remote control lawnmower that Jeffrey made. And as she's demoing it, she activates it and doesn't see everybody's warning her and gets mowed <laughs> over by the lawnmower. Blood and guts everywhere. And, and then we're treated to like the opening credits, which... They take a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't lie. They're gonna, they, they seem to take a while. Just Jeffrey muttering and scribbling on a, a drawing of a, a body that has a picture of Elizabeth's head. Like, it looks like her corpse head on it, which it probably is, but she's, like, got her eyes closed. Right, right. Yeah. He's just mumbling about moles, like, several times in, like, varicose veins. He doesn't like those things. Yeah. and Jeff- He also he- doesn't like uh, bunions. No. <laughs> no, no, he, no, Does he doesn't. Don't don't show him your bunions if you have any. Don't go crazy. So- Jeffrey, he, he looks sickly. Like, he's, like, lacking sleep and just looks white with bags under his eyes. He pulls out a Grey's Anatomy text, and he has a VHS <laughs> tape in it featuring the news story of Elizabeth's death, which is only... <laughs> purpose is to give us more background in this movie i don't know why he would keep this tape yeah like was he like sitting like uh waiting for that news story to come up on you know on television like get the tape i want to record this for later yeah. did he request it I'm from the... pretty sure that's exactly what he did. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's just an avid news hound he just records <laughs> in every newscast yeah that's what you don't see like the basement is just full of tapes right the news. <laughs> what we get from this is that there's body parts missing from Mm-hmm. The crime scene, which I wonder who took them. <laughs> and his Je- Jeffrey's mom busts in and basically gives him a spiel about how he needs to just find another girl and moves on. Mm-hmm. He keeps that brain from the beginning in a fish tank. <laughs> yeah. Where else would you keep it? Where else would you right. keep it? Yeah, for like purple like liquid too, yeah. And the mom says it's working fine now. And we, we also learn that he works at a power plant. Conveniently. And he and Jeffrey gives a speech about how much of an outsider he is, and he's scared of his own self, losing morals. And I think this is actually a really solid speech Mm -hmm. that he gives. Yeah, he's he talks about like entering a black void and Mm -hmm. how he doesn't know what right from wrong is anymore. And we get a character that we know what he is, but he also knows what he is as well. Mm -hmm. And it's really you know he's he's scared of his own self, losing morals and stuff. And and then (laughs) I love his mom. His mom's response is. Something's happening to me that I just don't understand. I can't think straight anymore. What my reasoning is all uh, twisted and distorted, you know? I seem to be disassociating myself from reality more and more each day. I'm antisocial. I'm becoming dangerously amoral. I've lost the ability to distinguish between right from wrong, good from bad. I'm scared, Mom. I feel like sometimes I'm I'm plunging headfirst into some kind of black void of sheer, utter madness or something. Do you want a sandwich? (laughs) It's like the most serious dialogue in the movie, and it's just like, well... Cuts it. Yeah, that's enough of that. Back to Frankenhooker. But it's funny, though, because it seems like things like that do happen in real life. Like, you're going through this terrible drama within yourself or some sort of self self-awareness and then you're seems like sometimes at least my parents are like that too though they'll just be like okay well that's nice honey would you like a sandwich? yeah exactly i get you yeah i feel like that's happened to me before i don't know yeah why. I, like, I don't Sorry, know how to relate Dad, to your problems but... yeah 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 i know they're just like it's sure honey anyway we got sandwiches so everything's gonna be fine well that's nice Swallow yeah, your emotions along with the sandwich. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. My parents are gonna kill me now. They're gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Bianca. It wasn't a sandwich. It was pasta. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeffrey sneaks out with something in tow in the gr- to the garage, and he's got a full-on laboratory in there, uh-huh. and it's and what he's carrying is a huge spark plug. <laughs> And he's and he also has a deep freezer that has bubbling purple goo, and he keeps Elizabeth's head, foot, toe, and hand in there. <laughs> I like that he keeps the toe. Yeah, there's like a, the rest of it. Like the rest of it's like, all right, well that's a full body part. But then there's just a toe. I feel like he's he's trying to keep as much as her as he can, I like, even down even down right? to the toe. 
Right. Well, he didn't I, think that know, was insignificant, so he kept it. <laughs> well, I think it's like you said, Bianca. He's, he might have some kind of foot fetish. I think so he, he has a foot fetish, it. yeah. Yeah, because he wants to keep it. And that's a, and that's a big damn toe that he holds, too. Because <laughs> he has... That's like, that's like an Andre the Giant toe that he's holding <laughs> when he puts it back in. Yeah, and she's probably... I mean, she maybe his fiance, but she's pro- possibly his first girlfriend ever. I mean, he's got pictures of her every... Like, it's overdone with all the pictures of her and him everywhere. Yeah, if, if they weren't in a relationship, he would look like a stalker because there's so <laughs> many pictures of her he probably didn't do that until she died that's the way that's true up, well right? yeah true <laughs> true like, yeah. they don't give you any attention when you're alive and then when you're dead they're like she was everything to me <laughs> <laughs> well he he speaks to her as if she's alive and he has a uh, finely dined dinner of wine and pizza it's another great scene yeah where he's got the wine and then just, <laughs> the pizza just pulls out it's great and he i love he feeds the head wine and it just spills right. out it down the spills this. Off. Over the table. That's great. <laughs> he reads her decapitated head, that poem. Something I wrote for you. A poem. Warning. Contents under pressure. By Jeffrey Franken. My heart is packed so full of love for you that I dreamed I exploded like aerosol can sometimes do. I blew with such force that my bones became shrapnel and leveled the town, except the small chapel. My teeth flew like bullets. I didn't know what was happening. They killed everyone in sight, except for the chaplain. And then, thanks to him, we were happily wed, even though at the time, I think we were both dead. The end. <laughs> yes. Like, I can't even determine, like, like what the hell... It, I mean, I guess it was supposed to be about his emotions, I guess. <laughs> But the whole thing is just nonsense. It's like, here's here's 45 seconds of whatever. The guy's holding a head. What do you want from us? We're Frankenhooker. Yeah. And he all and he presents his idea of transplanting your head to a new body, and he's showing her pictures, and they're all like nude models with big boobs. <laughs> yeah. What is up? What was up with that? Well, I mean, it's it's planting the seeds of what you know comes in the very end, right? To happen, but yeah, he's. But it's just so funny. It's like imagine your head with these rocking tits. It's just a series of pictures. You see her horrendously fat, quote unquote, body anymore. Yeah, Yeah, like like he's. What if you were a sexy French maid, Elizabeth? You know. Yeah, he's basically. You know, he he thinks he's trying to make her the perfect you know perfect woman right like physically to him but i mean if he really wanted her alive he probably could have found another female full body intact and just popped her head on if he really cared about having her just her he's dangerously immoral now so he doesn't care exactly (laughs) his his morals (laughs) but then that's the the uh, the brain that wouldn't die and we've seen that movie yeah. This is much less boring than that movie. Very though. much. Yeah, I was going to say, this is way better than the brain. Brain that wouldn't die without Mystery Science Theater 3000 is just not something I recommend upon anybody. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Mystery Science Theater saves so many movies. I love their version of Squirm. Sorry not to get off. Oh, yeah. Topic oh, yeah. Squirm. Yeah. Squirm's Again, it's unwatchable. It saves time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jeffrey returns her. And gets back to his planning, and he he then has the realization that, you know, someone has to die for her to live. And he watches the news to which a, a big lightning storm is going to happen, and it's going to hit in two days. So then he realizes, oh, well, that's all the time he has to get the parts that he needs, and he has to get radical here. And not talking like 80s radical, like talking like crazy ideas. It was not, yeah, it wasn't on a push bike. You know, it was uh, it was different kind of radical. Because, but what what was up with with the the weather report? Like, why was it like a horror host? Yeah, <laughs> reporting the true. weather. I wish they would do that now. That'd be, That'd be more fun. Usually, it's pretty boring. It's ne- the Weather Channel would get a lot more views if it was like a yeah. horror host style. That'd be great. full of spooky lightning. Yeah. Lots of scary fog. <laughs> spooky lightning and <laughs> sunshine <laughs> but really folks tomorrow it's cloudy with a chance of rain next right <laughs> <laughs> what's the high tomorrow i've got work shut up <laughs> so he realizes he's got that time he then he goes and gets a drill out and starts drilling into his head to help himself think and come up with ideas and the best part. Yeah, he's got one plan. He doesn't like that, so he puts it back in, and he devises another plan. He realizes he can get parts of women by going to New York and picking up hookers. 
He learns all this from trepanation into his own skull. Yes. I can't imagine why he was kicked out of medical school multiple <laughs> times. Three of them or whatever. <laughs> and no blood comes out when he does this. He just <laughs> yeah. In and out. <laughs> For a movie full of like gore and stuff, it's like, this is where we... No. <laughs> That's the uh, line. Uh, uh, no brain that. blood. Well, Jeffrey then immediately goes out to New York to scope the scene. And uh, finally, a hooker comes up to him, and he tells her he's looking for all the right parts, and she says she's got him pulling her shirt down. And mm-hmm. then she sees his cash and jumps to get in the car, but he, like, locks the door. <laughs> or <laughs> He tells her he needs more girls and, like, six or seven for a party for his brother, and she says she, she need, he needs to take that up with Zorro. That's right, Zorro. Zorro. <laughs> who they have to go to a strip club to find him, and... Jeff and this hooker go through the skeezy back area to the restroom to find Zorro where people are like humping and doing drugs. Of course it's the eighties. That's yes. That's eighties New York. So yeah, well this is while this movie's nineteen ninety, like the eighties just didn't disappear when nineteen ninety hit. They were still present. No, yeah. They I think it was probably filmed in eighty nine and released in ninety, but I I look at old pictures of myself and I'm like, that's gotta be the eighties and I was like ninety (laughs) two. Like Oops. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't just like stop and like all the new styles roll in. It's right. They're right. still there. Yeah, it, it dug its claws in. It tried to hang on. They just kept <laughs> kept hanging on for a while. But that that bathroom they go in is so gross. It is gross. It's like like a Fight Club in there, but of drugs and <laughs> drugs and boning. That's what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I feel like you need like like a shot of penicillin just to walk through. <laughs> Because there's that one stall where the people are doing it, and there's that guy just standing, like, seriously, like, next to them, like, yeah! <laughs> ah! And he's, like, opening and shutting the door. I think maybe that's his job. Well, I wish the guy was just in there, like, do you mind? I'm trying to take a crap here. That'd be, that would be fun. Or if there was a guy taking a crap there while... <laughs> like, they were actually filming, like, I don't care what you're doing. I know what I gotta do. Get out Major of my balls. way. I have to. That's right. I got needs of my own. <laughs> Jeffrey notices that the hooker has a Z tattoo on her because Zorro marks his women. <laughs> and Jeffrey strikes to deal with the Zorro guy. He, he's just this, like, muscular dude with a mustache. Is he ta- Italian, you think, maybe? He looked Italian, yeah. I thought. Yeah. It's hard he's, to tell, yeah. Super- He's super jacked with a Tom Selleck mustache. Awesome, in other words. <laughs> yes. He, yeah. Yeah. And in, in his lab afterwards, Jeffrey makes super crack for the hookers. Yeah, he got a bag oh, of crack. Super crack. Well, well. Yeah, yeah. While watching this like PSA news story about. Yeah, I guess he is addicted to the news <laughs> about the equal rights of hookers, and they have a program called Hooker, which is hold on to our knowledge of equal rights. <laughs> it was a Morton Downey Jr. knockoff. Yeah, and what? He's got like yellow teeth, and he's smoking, and and he has yeah. a vision uh, watching the TV of Zorro shaking down Elizabeth on the streets. Kind of a, a weird vision thing, and so then he, he decides to take the super crack to test it on a literal guinea pig. Oh. And it explodes. Oh, poor thing. But, but doesn't it just explode like it like it blows apart in like four a, equal parts? Right. Right, like fireworks, like it's Fourth of July, like poo. Yeah, they shoot up like an M eighty in a in a oh hamster. But it's stuff like when it splits apart, it's like four equal parts, like one in each corner of the cage. <laughs> it's like it was like magnetized and just shot apart. <laughs> well, so Jeffrey goes back to meet the hooker from earlier, who takes him to a hotel room. With all the girls, and he's dressed as a doctor. Is it like some sort of role play? But he's supposed to be finding the perfect ones, and he's gonna pick them. So he's well, he's he's dressed as a doctor, but like how the the Three Stooges would right, dress yeah, as a doctor. Yeah, he's got the oh. big the what do they call it on his head? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, I don't know what that thing's called. But... Doctor costume thing, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that you put on your I head. Wish doctors you know... would wear those still. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you go in they got that thing on their head like what the fuck is that for anyway <laughs> yeah what was that for oh, i was think that was for, those were only ever made for movies yeah maybe i don't know i don't ever reflect light on your face yeah, yeah. that would be annoying maybe it's maybe it's from before they had like little tiny flashlights and that was yeah, maybe what probably. they did i don't i'm not gonna yeah. pretend i know Everyone, after this 
after we do this, we'll all research it and Google it and see what it was for. We're, the three of <laughs> us are going to start Dr. a new Dr. podcast, Medical Accuracy in Movies. We'll <laughs> Starting well, in the 1930s. Be, yeah, I'm actually an anatomy physiology major, so I should actually know this. But <laughs> Yeah, but you're not. You're more uh, up to date. <laughs> yeah, as I say, you didn't take this true. class in the 30s. True, true. So. All cartoon doctors have that, too. But hey, we all knew he was dressed up as a doctor, so... It's true. It's Get the point across. Yeah. So he begins measuring their parts in the room, and they think it's some sort of, like, role play. <laughs> and Zorro shows up in the lobby, and he's... <laughs> hey, Zorro, what's up? Oh, just waiting for my bitches. This should be done in a few minutes. Oh, good! <laughs> Pulls up in his muscle shirt and Zubas. Yes. <laughs> 1991. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like the same like like apartment place as basket case. I think it might have been because it's... I was we were actually my husband and I were researching locations that they shot Frankenhooker and yeah they use some of the same places basically yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. The hookers start getting impatient and they need to pick him which ones he wants and he's like looking at parts in each of them and he marks a check mark on one right. of them's ass. <laughs> yeah, which that was pretty good. Brilliantly comes <laughs> into play later. Yes. Right. I think when he puts on like their little butts and things like that, he's like, check this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's more of him mumbling things to right, himself. Right, right, like, right. No, like, so, I'm surprised he's not like cellulite. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like he's like poking at nipples. He goes, oh, nice buoyancy. Like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't think you understand what buoyancy means, Jeffrey. <laughs> His impatience leads him to get mad, and he throws the money at them. And in the same bag is the super crack, and they go nuts. It's hilarious. That's when the Fourth of July thing happens. Yes. It's like, and they pin him down so they can start smoking it which he's like no 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 which wasn't that his plan all along or, may, or maybe just well, not to have that many of them it was it was only supposed to be for the winner not for all oh, of them okay. <laughs> they turn on the music they go crazy dancing and they start making out with each other and Zoro then gets impatient just begins to he- head upstairs just as the hookers start exploding in the greatest scene in cinema, cinema history. history. Yes, just it is awesome. Like I said, it's better than the Fourth of July. Yeah, like, hook- it is. It's just, it's just a series of hookers just like exploding, and it's just so great. I remember it like, goes first on one- and on and on. It's excellent. It does. Like every hooker in the room gets their own explosion scene. Their right? own little explosion close up or whatever. Yeah, yeah and I, and I love like the first one. Like eh, it's awfully hot in here, and then kablamo! she explodes. <laughs> Yeah, and they, they each have, like, their own, like, yeah, dummy and stuff that they're blowing up. It's awesome. And it just, it's a good, what, three, four minutes of just, yeah, stri- yeah. like, hooker blowing up mayhem. And there's, like, and there's not just that they explode. There's, like, sparks that fly sparks, out of them. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's great. Like, like I don't <laughs> know what's in super, is, is like, nitroglycerin in super crack? <laughs> Why do they <laughs> blow up? Yeah. I don't know. Does it like mix with some chemical in your body that just boom? Or I if if you're not having a great day, the best thing to do is watch this scene. If you aren't thoroughly entertained by this scene, you are dead inside. It's so fantastic. Right. Who doesn't think it's fantastic is Zoro outside, who hears a commotion and he's like. <laughs> And it's just, for some reason, the way Zoro delivers bitches when he says it is just hilarious. <laughs> and he busts open the door just as one of them explodes and the head flies and knocks him out. <laughs> <laughs> the head is like screaming as it's like flying at his face. Oh, it's brilliant. It is so good. Jeffrey starts apologizing to the corpses and bagging up body parts. Oh, oh I'm cool. sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, geez, I, I promise everyone gets put I, I really, back together. I'm so sorry. I'll put you back together. Yes. <laughs> he keeps telling him to put them back together. Oh. He's like a mad scientist with a conscience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's really not a bad guy. He just wants to kill people to build his girlfriend back. Right. That's right. Many many aren't. lives to return one. And hookers aren't people, so it's okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that they them up. Oh. Back in his garage, the storm starts, and Jeffrey says he needs to move fast. He's constructing a body. And he's got a plate full of boobs. 
<laughs> yeah. He's trying to mat. He just like pulls this cl- uh, like cloth off, and it's like, oh, boobs. I know, but he he does reveal like, and the main course, a plate of tits. <laughs> just wow. So no, like, he's trying to figure out which ones to put together. He's like, oh, wait, not these. This is like Mutt and Jeff. Okay. <laughs> That's where uh, he's like pulling legs out and he pulls the one foot out and he goes, oh, my God, <laughs> onions. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> that's the line. No, I'm getting rid of moles, varicose veins and no bunions. No bunions. And he pulls out like this enormous like file, like the kind of like file that yes. would be comically put in a cake. Right, right. <laughs> the bricks went out of jail. They're breaking the file... people out of jail in movies yeah. and cartoons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he files down this foot that's like like a fake foot that you get out of a Halloween store. He says, uh, "Now just the final detail." Puts her head on, opens up the roof of the garage, raises the table with a body on it. It's very, you know. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, lightning strikes, hits the body. And well, he dump, doesn't he dump like a bunch of like, the the spare hooker parts in the, the freezer? Too, yeah, but... he's keeping them in the freezer, which lightning also strikes there as well as it comes <laughs> in. It's like purple, green lightning. I love the color of it. It's Yeah, me too. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's unveiled, and her personality that she has is, want a date? <laughs> <laughs> Got any, mo- any cash? Any cash? And Jeffrey's confused. And she slaps him, knocking him out, and she heads for the city as the fridge begins to shake with those lively parts. What's great about this, like, you know, the movie is called Frankenhooker. Cool. Makes sense. Here's the thing. He dresses her like a Frankenhooker. Yes. Why would he dress his wife up, like, in this, like, the shortest miniskirt well, ever made? Well, Maybe it was to keep the, the clothes thing, though, from my, crying. If I let my husband dress me, he would dress me in something like that. <laughs> Well, and look at look at what he was trying to build her as. Like he kept showing those nude model photos and stuff like that. So fancy thing, I guess. But like even like her top, it's so funny because her her top like there's like her top has nipples. Yeah, it's built in projectile. It's almost like you expect like a spiral to go around the nipples. Right, so over the top. Well, as we see, you know, in the beginning, he talks about how you know he misses her and like apparently she. Was quote unquote uh, you know perfect girlfriend, but apparently he had problems with her physicality. <laughs> like, and and he's and gone appara- from homely looking to ridiculous. And apparently she wasn't tall enough because she has like Frankenstein, <laughs> you know, like corrected oh, yeah. Frankenstein shoes on too. Yeah, like, she's, where, she's where only five get- seven. She needs to be six seven. So better put <laughs> these shoes on her. I guess. Like, where did he get those shoes? <laughs> Were they just hanging around the house? Did he have like spinal problems as a kid? And he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll, re- I'll redo them, make them for her now. Great. Jeffrey awakes and he freaks as he realizes exactly what's happened. And now we go on a trip with Elizabeth through the streets and, you know, subway train. And I got to say, Patty Mullen is fantastic here. And I know people can watch this and go, oh, she's so much fun. But there's. A lot more going on here that I think could get overlooked with her performance. It's mm-hmm. um, it's incredible to me. Like it, her facial, her, her yeah. dedication, her commitment to it. Like never letting up. And she, not she'd been in what one movie before this? Yeah. And like, she's just terrific here. And I think she's. I really, honestly, I've always thought she was a really good actress, and that's why I wanted her to be in Zombieland. <laughs> I think she can really bring a lot, even even in her non Frankenhooker portion of the film you can tell that she she's talented so yeah yeah i think so it's just no, as, as soon as you see her you're just drawn in she has mm-hmm. you know she has the it factor mm-hmm. honestly it's great and she's really sweet too she's a very very sweet lady and she's funny as hell oh my gosh she texts me and i get the funniest texts from her there so <laughs> she's really cool I love how she like she moves in this. Yeah, too. it's it's a physical yeah, yeah. performance, and I, yeah. I think that could get over. You know, a lot of the physical comedy and stuff could get way mm-hmm. overlooked. Like comedic performances are some of the ones that just always get overlooked and underappreciated, and some of the most difficult. Like uh, co- comedy and horror movies get like mm-hmm. way overlooked for uh, mm-hmm. the depth and stuff of the performances. As as you can see, when awards go out at the end of the year, they mm-hmm. rarely get nominated. I agree. And they completely. have like try running and screaming and running and screaming and all that. So it's some of the most difficult and exhausting stuff you'll have to do. And yeah, it gets and try, no just appreciation. trying to make people trying to get get a laugh is difficult. You know, you have yeah. to 
really put yourself out there. You have to be vulnerable. I think a winning comedic performance, you have to reach the audience in a way. You have to make yourself silly. You have to make a fool of yourself and be okay with that because it just if you don't commit to it completely, it gets lost, I think. And and people can, they, they know that, they can sense it. And I think uh, you're right, comedic performances, it takes a lot. I mean, it takes a lot to put yourself out there and be a, be laughed at purposely right <laughs> so. and to stick what, with what it and the... not and to stick with your character and not just yeah, yeah. see a cheap and gag and try to break right. into it yeah just yeah. stay just solid like she is and i mean mm-hmm. in the annals of comedy horror this is one of the best like performances so like i mean comedy horror is like a subgenre that it's gets tough to pull, pull off, off we... yeah because people either yeah. get confused or yeah. you know they don't some people just don't like for when i was younger comedy horror wasn't a thing like i got because i like it's, if i read something in the horror section i wanted it to be scary i didn't mm-hmm. think of laughing and the, the ones that comedy horror sometimes i would get and i'd be like well, they failed, and then I go back older and be like, oh, wait, this is supposed to be funny. And I... Well, even like we were talking about earlier, the Lost Boys and stuff, all of those have comedic elements in them, right. but they also have horrific elements, which I think, I guess Frankenhooker's more comedic, definitely. Yeah. It's like well, a it's, black comedy, it... I would say, but... But yeah, horror comedies yeah. to me are some of the some of the best when they're well done. And there's like yeah. sleaze exploitation in there too, and it's yeah, it's mm-hmm. just a whole realm in itself. And mm-hmm. this definitely definitely one well, of the top. Well, I love that when uh, she becomes Frankenhooker, she's yelling out the lines that the other hookers say. <laughs> yes. And like she's like, you know, her muscles are all screwed up, so she's kind of <laughs> twitching as she's saying it, and she's just yelling it at the top of her lungs in a thick Jersey voice. It's just <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. Almost like a lost dog finding its way home. That's pretty much what it <laughs> yeah, what it is. And it's my favorite part I think is when she comes out from the subway and that guy's like, Watch it, babe, or something like that and she just like pushes him out of the way. Yeah, she knocks him far. Back. I know. Yeah. And then all the tourists come over and they're like, the Japanese tourists are taking pictures and everything. Oh, yeah, those are crazy. Face. I was going to say, it's right. 1991. They still have to do that, like, Japanese tourist stereotype. Here right. they are. It's New York. Yeah. Well, so she ends up finding a guy and taking him back to that hotel. She keeps talking and she mentions Jeffrey. So she's got Jeffrey on the brain. Mm-hmm. And she takes it back and she goes to have sex with him. And when she pulls her pants down, she's got the check mark on her butt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I laughed pretty hard with it, that. Every time I watch this, I forget about that, and then yeah, and I see it. And so she has yeah. this. She's giving this guy the ride of his life, and then he gets heats up and explodes because <laughs> she transplants her electricity to him. But, but apparently, there's enough electricity. Like, like she blows him up. And then she's holding his decapitated head. Then it says, "Oh, that was wonderful. yes." Well, the brain lasts for a little while after. I guess he <laughs> he's got a couple a champagne cork or something from that man. <laughs> right, Jeffrey's now in the streets searching for her, and then she goes to leave her room, and this greasy dude immediately tries to pick her up, and as he forces himself on her, he gets electrocuted and blows up, and his head shoots out the window and lands in a trash can outside, <laughs> which I thought someone was gonna find it or Jeffrey would find it and know where to go, but it's just yeah, but it's like like nope, there's just a head in the garbage can. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> So, yeah. Because it looks cool, that's why, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah Jeffrey, find, he gets into a squeamish with some hookers and a pimp. His word is out of what he did on the street. They know they know exactly what's going on with him. Travels fast that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been hours, but... Well, the hooker community is very tightly knit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so word travels fast. Yes. Elizabeth works the streets and goes to the club where Zorro operates out of. And she, the, I like this, she sees pretzels and begins, like, scarfing them down. <laughs> Pretzels good. Hey, babe, for your own good, go easy on those pretzels. And I love how like they zoom in on the pretzels. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Remember these? It's her, it's her uh, what do you call it, kryptonite. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
pretzels. Because <laughs> yeah. we all know how fattening pretzels are. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. They're pretty harmless, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> this little gangster-looking pimp uh, takes a liking to her, and he it takes her down to a booth to try to get her to work for him. And Zoro notices her, and the pimp goes down on her at the booth, and then he explodes. <laughs> and then Zoro notices she's got the Z tattoo on her arm, and he gets mad at her and punches her head off. <laughs> Which is a great effect. Yeah. Yeah, because like he, he punches her head and it whips like all the way back, so her head is just dangling by the spine. Like her eyes are rolling around and her mouth is like flapping. It's it's a it is a really, really good effect. I agree, yeah. There's like purple lightning like shooting out of her neck, and I'll say this for the crowd. It is the appropriate reaction. You right. see something like that, like finally, <laughs> finally, someone has an appropriate reaction to this movie, like, holy shit, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey outside talks to a curbside prophet who tells him where Elizabeth went, and he gets to the bar and pops her head on, and they leave, but uh, Zorro notices them and calls for a taxi. Back at the garage, Jeffrey has repaired Elizabeth's head, and he said, I didn't want it to turn out this way, <laughs> and he starts saying that she's not a hooker, and Elizabeth all of a sudden is alive with her personality and agreeance. He juices her again, he you know, runs electricity through her, because he's got... She's got like giant like neck bolts keep her head in place yes. and like big like metal. <laughs> Even more stamps. Frankenstein's monster. Right, right. Right, right. And you know, they start getting an argue about men about her, and Zoro shows up and just immediately walks in and chops Jeffrey's head off with a machete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's just a shocker. It's like, whoa. No no Where moment to say from? bye to Jeffrey. He's just gone. Yeah, it's not like there's like a final fight or like some kind of climactic battle. It's just Zoro walks in, chops his head off like Jason Voorhees. Yes. He claims he has possession of Elizabeth, but he's calling her all the hooker names to him because he knows they're all in there. And he, he offers her, her some sweet, sweet rock. And then with the, with the sound of that, the freezer pops open and falls over the goo coming out and all the hooker parts Looking around, they're, they've all mutated into like little creatures, very reminiscent of like basket case stuff. So, it's like a like Cronenberg body horror, right? Is what it looks like. There's like one, like a torso of a woman that's upside down with like a mouth where like the vagina would be basically like, like the like mouth and chin, and like another one where it's just like a cluster of tits and arms. It is very Cronenberg. Yeah, it it is. Oh yeah. So they grab onto Zorro and start pulling him into the freezer and lock him in. But then, like, they grab a little crack rock. After they're like, <laughs> of course. Ah, crack rock. Elizabeth picks up Jeff's decapitated head and says she has an idea. We get his point of view as he wakes up, and Elizabeth tells him what happened, that she, he kept very good notes, but since the serum only works on female body parts, guess what? Jeff's got himself a hooker body. <laughs> and it almost looked like one that he had a picture of early on. <laughs> But uh, this and, time, sort of like in the pictures, uh, the nipples are purple, just right, like right. on Elizabeth. That, I yep. guess that's what the serum does. It makes, it, yeah, it makes your, your nipples purple. Well, it's got that. Hair, there's that purple yeah. goo that preserves everything. So <laughs> it's all, and the electricity is purple, and yeah, and your nails are are purple. <laughs> and I'm gonna assume the bush is purple, I but think there's it big... <laughs> wasn't it? I think they showed it briefly, and it kind of was. Or am I just imagining that? No, I. I I think it did, but it was kind of hard to tell because it's got the big fake hand awkwardly yeah. covering yeah. You know, the downstairs. She talks about how he looks great and how they are together again, and that's all that matters. And Aww. Jeff starts freaking out as it ends with a nice little Twilight Zone twist on it that I like. Mm-hmm. So I've, I don't know. I've uh, like I love the movie. Mm-hmm. The ending. I don't hate it or anything like that. It's just kind of a, wait, what? Like, uh, it's like, is she like angry that she's alive and it's like her revenge or does she actually want to be with him and that's how they can be together? That's the part that always kind of like confused me. I always took it as slightly her revenge. I thought it was her revenge too. Yeah. That's what I sort Cause, of- Because we get Elizabeth- when he brings her back after the club and puts her head back on, she's actually Elizabeth again, and she's kind of like, what have you done to me? Right. And then she does but that to him. Gonna, like, hey, she's... it's cute, right? Right? You wanted a perfect body, right? And now you got it. <laughs> and it's like a little, you know, like a Twilight Zone thing that I like about it. And I, I feel yeah. that I, I've always felt it's revenge. And she's I just her so sweet self, self about it. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, it's, I don't know. She should be happy. She's got some, some rockin' purple nips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're buoyant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. 
they're not gonna they're not gonna sink at all and be great. Right. No, it's a it's a fun movie. It moves by really fast. It's got a simple narrative. Yeah, there's there's no dead weight at all in the movie. Once it delivers on the title character of Frankenhooker, it pays off in spades. It does not fail. Yeah. She's yeah, it's what you want. It's what you want in a fun little movie like this. It's a it's kind of a popcorn silly. It knows it's silly. You know, it's not trying to push anything too serious on you or anything. It's just a fun, colorful kooky little movie and i liked it yeah as soon as like the character of jeffrey becomes maybe a little too much she comes right in and just boom mm-hmm. and agreed we now move it on the point of the show where each episode we rate the movie we just watched we are cult cinema cavalcade we keep things nice and culty our options are to stay with your family that means the streets aren't for you you'll sit around eating pretzels at home converted <laughs> you'll give zorro a 90-day trial and be one of his bitches for a while and drink of the kool-aid you will smoke all the super crack you can find and blow it all up for this movie so bianca how do you rate frankenhooker i rank frankenhooker a big tall glass of super crack purple kool-aid i'm drinking it <laughs> i love it <laughs> cullen I think movie is fantastic. I can't remember his name is right now, but the guy that plays Jeffrey, it's he spends a lot of the movie talking to himself. But it's not like he's like looking in a mirror like he's insane. I mean, he obviously like, you know, he doesn't know right from wrong, but he delivers those lines. You know, he he believes what he's doing. I, I, I've heard that he was a bit much to be around, but man, it paid off on the screen. So, you know, good for him. Again, there's purple nips. I'm pro purple nip. I think Patty was just great. I, I love her. I just, my, it's like, if I ever meet her, I'm, I'm going to tell my, my wife, like, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I love you, but it's Frankenhooker. <laughs> so I say that I drink the Kool Aid and hand me the super crack. <laughs> uh, Brandon, how do you rate this? Well, we should just get a pitcher of Kool Aid for the whole table because <laughs> I mean this. I mean it, it's no surprise we all love this movie. I mean we all coming in had done things elsewhere in the internet for it, and I watched this movie and I love it more every time I watch it. I, I liked it back in the day when I first saw it, and then I've continued to be with it and always. Re- I always revisit. I might. This one might get popped in like every once in a while. I forced uh, when I, you know, my Naptown nerd blog when I did my f- Universal Classic Frankenstein retrospective where I went through all those films. I did a bonus one to include Frankenhooker with it because I I wanted an excuse to write about Frankenhooker. <laughs> and it's just it's a great movie with you know two awesome performances from its leads. It really doesn't have that many characters. It's got like two. Right. And yeah. it moves fast it feels populated even with them and the effects in this movie are so groovy they either still hold up really well or mm-hmm. what they're doing is effective enough that you just like the idea behind it and you know some of it shows nowadays but i i don't care about that that sort of thing i i can get behind the idea i let myself escape into it and it's a lot of fun effects plus fourth of july with hookers like bianca said it's, <laughs> yeah. it's awesome so yes that's three big glasses of Kool-Aid, pur- purple Kool-Aid. <laughs> purple Kool-Aid. For Frankenhooker. <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't want to be full of too much estrogen because it's an estrogen-based serum, so it's it's dangerous. <laughs> it's worth it for Frankenhooker. It's worth it. Yeah, come on, drink the Kool-Aid. Phantasm Video Series Second Frankenhooker. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. We're sticking around right in 1990, and we'll be talking about Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, starring Jesse, the body, Ventura. This is the film that you, the viewer, picked. You know who you are, and you did a good job. We had a a lot of entries, and we want to thank you for each one of them. We're happy to find out that our listeners don't hate us, at least the ones that, you know, send in entries, and also are on the same page as us. And if this wasn't your pick don't make don't feel down because many of you actually pick movies that are locked in for upcoming episodes in our second year you can pretend like we picked yours but i mean just pretend it's easier that way and you know what's awesome you may have given us an idea for one we weren't even thinking of there were a few that we will definitely use in the future that we didn't even know about not that we have a shortage on episodes but some of them are like yeah we're bumping this up 
but no, absolutely. it was it wasn't easy to choose but i mean it was nice seeing like oh yeah we were already thinking that oh yeah we are yeah that's already coming and some of them were easy because we were already doing them and abraxas was a good choice we haven't had enough movies that features a future governor so thank you so our episode has come to an end i especially want to thank Bianca Elaine for coming on. Really excited to have you and thank you. We've had a blast. Well, thank you so much. I had so much fun and watching one of my favorite movies and talking about it again. And I hope your audience will check out Zombinatrix so they can see even more of the lovely and luscious Patty Mullen. That'd be fantastic. All right. Thanks again. And thank you for sticking with us. We look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer for Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. The trailer that actually trails. A science fiction adventure across space and time. This is Penal Planet Terrena 7. We confirm the escape of Secundus. If he mates, a co-meter will be born. <coughs> the boy may be capable of unconsciously computing the anti-life equation. Have you sent a finder after him? I sent a Braxis. He's a cop whose beat spans two galaxies. Abraxas. Can Abraxas stop the renegade? Abraxas can handle it. He's brought Secundus in before. His presence is causing a problem for students. My son is normal. Two super beings in an all-out fight over one small boy and one large planet Earth. You are my son. Their fight will decide our fate. Abraxas. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at my name is Cullen. You can find more of my work on whysoblue.com and Twitter handle at btpeters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker, podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. What a date! Fucking exploded. One minute in my bitches, the next piece is all over. Well, when a man loses his house, he loses everything. I didn't lose him, man. They just blew up. Ah. So it happened, man. Yeah, so long. I'll catch you later. Lots of luck with you and them exploding bitches.